live and I'll count you down. Okay. Three, two, one. I'm Angel Fall. Thanks for tuning in to Victims to Victorious. This is a podcast that raises awareness about the public health issue of community gun violence. And I want to thank uh, the founder of the Black Talk Radio Network, Scotty Reed, for engineering my show today. I hope that uh, you are have been a follower and will continue to be a follower. And um, this might be the second time you've actually seen my face as we are broadcasting with video feed. Today, we're going to take a look at a confluence of issues. So what does that mean? That's a coming together of issues. Each and every week so far during the pandemic, I have taken a look at the two epidemics in Chicago, the epidemic of Corona, which is really a pandemic now because of the way it is spread around the world, and it's also become an endemic disease, and the number of people who have been getting shot in Chicago week after week after week. Now, the number of people who get shot in Chicago, that actually does not parallel the number of people who have been dying, but it is an interesting confluence again, interesting mating, coming together of two pandemics in the part of the, uh, in the, part of the world where no other no other country and no other city is experiencing these exact same things. And when we are reporting on these things in the media, or even when you are conducting research, which I have done as in an academic setting, some things are reported. And there's a word called statistical artifact. So as far as we know, Chicago is the only city in the world that is plagued with these two things, corona and gunshot, uh, gun violence. One of the other issues we're going to talk about, because all so much of what is going on can be solved. So when we look back at the premise of the show, the public health solutions for gun violence have been revisited over and over again on this show. One of them is access to weapons. One of them is determining why people shoot, why people solve conflicts with handguns. Recalling some previous statistics, most white men who are victimized by handgun are victimized by themselves. In other words, they have chosen to shoot themselves with a gun. White men also are known to use both handguns and long guns to commit self-harm. African-American males are most likely to be killed by acquaintances, friends, and family members. So those statistics should grab your attention if nothing else does. So what happens with all this gun violence? Do we just live with it? Uh, I do believe that the protests for Rayshard Brooks and George Floyd and Eric Garner were well-intended and they have allowed the social justice wheels to turn a little bit, even though they sound like they still need WD-40. But how many of us are out in the streets? And I disclose I'm African-American. You can see, see me. Um, you can see my picture now. How many of us are out there protesting with the same fever and commitment when we are shot by one another? 
much of the protest focus, focuses on law enforcement killing us, but the fact is more of us kill each other. And that's a hard thing to swallow, but it is the truth. And we've given many statistics on that before. So if you're out here listening and you're tired of the protests and you're tired of the shootings, what can you do to stop them? And the problem that people have who are victimized over and over again is it becomes part of the culture. Uh, Scotty often takes a look at the gun violence culture as it appears in rap music. Killing is elevated to a glamorous level. Um, language around violence is elevated to a glamorous level. But the data is mixed over how that is important in terms of influencing actual behavior. But we do know that interpersonal conflicts are one of the main reasons that African-American males are shooting one another. And they are reported over some very finite, minuscule things. Sneakers, baby mama drama, disrespecting someone in public, the perception of the shooter. So what can you do if you're listening to all this? If you're following me online, go to everytown.org slash act. And these are solutions that you can do to help the social wheels of justice, to help the public prevention, to educate people and get a change about gun violence within your own community. We are broadcasting all over the world. Today we are in Cleveland, Ohio. We have broadcasted from Chicago, Mass. I'm sorry, we haven't broadcasted from Chicago yet, but we have broadcasted from Connecticut and Massachusetts as well. And we are asking you, if you are in Chicago, August 9th, to join our live taping. And more information will be uh, released about that. Follow me on Twitter, on Air Angel, and follow the Black Talk Radio Network, and you will be updated as the date approaches. We will be using social distancing for that recording, as well as the um, broadcast platforms that are available to us based on the new and emergency emerging technology. So one of the things that you can do is take action from home. Again, this website is everytown.org. Join the Gun Sense Action Network, our national network. I'm reading from their page of activists make, making calls each week to fight back against the gun lobby and build our movement. Call right from your home and pick up pick a time that works for you. So you can sign up for that, calling people to get them to act against the gun lobby. And of course, the gun lobby has been very successful in um, curtailing research on gun violence and making access to guns so easy, even in the even in the context of what the FBI does, running background checks, the gun lobby uh, groups, primarily the NRA and other similar organizations, but that's the most powerful one. They're very interested in getting handguns out as a product. And for years they have denied their, their culpability. Even it's been difficult to litigate against them. Another way you can act against gun violence is to join Moms Demand Action. Moms Moms Demand Action local chapter and be a part of a movement to mobilize everyday Americans to fight for public safety measures that can protect people from gun violence. And the third way is to donate to Everytown, everytown.org. 
and there's a button that you can click on for that. And of course, uh, you can donate to the Black Talk Radio Network. Once you sign on, look for the donate button, click on it. And my show is called Victims to Victorious. And there are other shows that take a look at the issues that are concerning African-Americans that we want to have them changed. We're tired of living under the yoke of slavery and its vestigial malfeasance. So that's how I'm putting it today. If you just joined me, my name is Angel Fall, and this is Victims to Victorious. And we're asking you to take a look at how you can be an activist. And what is an activist? An activist is someone who chooses to have actions that facilitate a change, primarily against social injustice, for instance. So the more ways that you can help be an activist, get the word out about gun violence, and get changes in the law, the culture, the protocol, the safety measures, etc. You can start a student demand action group. I do know I have college edu- college level students who listen. You can start a student demand action group. Students from across the country are teaming up launch to launch students demand action. Find out how you can help start a group today. Another way you can act as an activist against gun violence is to attend an event. Moms Demand Actions events are being evaluated on a case-by-case basis due to the spread of COVID-19. So just like our upcoming first live broadcast um, in front of an audience, the actual audience size numbers and social distancing might curtail your event in terms of actual butts in the chair, so to speak. But it doesn't curtail your event in terms of how many people you can reach. That is the beauty of social media. That is the beauty of being able to record things from your phone and computer and live stream them. So attend an event is another way. So they do have a caveat on everytown.org about the spread of COVID-19 might impact that. But there are other events that you can attend online. During this time, events may be held virtually or canceled is the caveat they have for attend an event. And a final way that they suggest that you act against gun violence is host a voter registration drive. Young voters can turn the tide of gun violence if they vote. Learn how to host a successful voter registration drive to register voters on your campus. So we're taking a look at activism within the context of two pandemics, the coronavirus pandemic and the epidemic of gun violence in Chicago. So let's turn to the actual numbers for Chicago. In in Chicago, there were at least there were seven children killed in the city of Chicago. I think we got a little bit of a sound bleed from that. The um, Chicago police community leaders are struggling for solutions after back-to-back weekends in which young children were shot and killed. We're tapping all our resources to ensure these killers cannot kill anyone, says Superintendent David Brown. We all need to be outraged by this violence. According to Chicago police, 63 people were shot, 16 fatally between 6 p.m. and 11.59 p.m. And if you've been following my show since last year, uh, Chicago keeps a running count. They even know the time that the shots begin, and they're actually counting 11.59 as the day that it is. And they move over when the clock strikes midnight and start counting at 12.01. 
just think about this. In Chicago, they are keeping a running total of people shot literally by the measurement of a clock and time. We have a one-year-old shot and a 10-year-old killed for no reason at all, Detective Commander Brendan D. Dennyhan said, if I mispronounced it, let me know. I answer my direct messages on Twitter, on Air Angel. These guys have to get off the street quickly, he continues. At a press conference Monday morning, Superintendent Brown said officers had made 22 gun arrests and recovered 66 guns over the weekend. Please help us to bring these murderers to justice. These evil bastards behind those guns, Brown said. Superintendent Brown said violent offenders need to be held in jail longer. They shouldn't get out early, Brown said. If they get three years, do three years. New York did this. L.A. did this. And they're just as liberal as Chicago. Chicago can do this. We can have under 300 murders. Imagine that that is a goal. Less than one person shot every day. As the city braces for historical, historically violent 4th of July holiday weekend, Brown said an additional 1,200 officers would be deployed from Thursday through Sunday. Our end game is arrest for the, precur- the precursors to violence, Brown said. So every day we're going to be clearing corners. We're pleading with the court system, keep them in jail through the weekend at least. At press conference, at a press conference later Monday afternoon, Mayor Lori Lightfoot said seeing children being killed has caused her the greatest heartache. Dear God and dear Chicago, we have to do better than this than what we are seeing, Lightfoot said. Community leaders have also started to take action before the long holiday weekend. We want to eliminate the notion that activists and community organizers only come out when there's a police shooting, activist William Calloway said. The group called My Block, My Hood, My City spoke about hashtag hit the hood which will start on Friday at 5 p.m. in several different neighborhoods. The effort comes on the heels of a deadly weekend where more children died, including 10-year-old Lena Nunez, who was shot and killed while visiting her uncle's home in Logan Square Saturday night. Community activist Andrew Holmes shared a picture of Nunez saying her family is heartbroken. They just can't believe that she went over there to her uncle's house with other relatives and she was just waiting on her dad to come pick her up and then this incident happened Holmes said again on Saturday a 17 year old boy was killed in the Humboldt Park neighborhood after he got into a fight with someone in a large crowd according to police the coalition is hoping to keep some of the summer violence from happening. On Saturday, the coalition will offer the resources to residents from different neighborhoods. On Sunday, it will conclude with cleanup and efforts in residential areas. In an effort to push this forward, they plan to award $50,000 in peace grants to help any person, block or organization that wants to find creative solutions to curb violence. The goal is to fund up to $5,000 per request and assist in providing resources for hashtag hit the hood. I'm going to unpack a little bit of that article because it hits so many of the issues that we were mentioning in the introduction and in past shows. So one of the things I want to talk about is the historic violence. It says that the city officials are gearing up for a 
historically violent weekend. If you want to follow the article on Twitter, go to abcchicago.com slash Chicago dash shootings dash this weekend dash violence dash shooting. Uh, Scotty Reed, the sound engineer, will also post the links to the article so that when you click on Victims to Victorious for the archive show, you can actually see the articles. Now, one of the critiques I have here is that, remember, the whole point of this show is that public health solutions will work. Hiring 1,200 police officers is not going to help. Much of the Department of Justice money post the Tamir Wright shootings was used by various from various police departments to hire more officers. So the government solution, even with African-American attorney generals who, who run the Department of Justice, their solution is to pass out this money. Now, when I talk about activisms, one of the, activism, one of the things I would like to see as a trained epidemiologist is that grassroots organizations start to compete for this funding and solve the problems using solutions that I have mentioned, for instance, interpersonal conflict training that would allow a person to not use gun violence to solve a dispute. One of the suggestions I also have is to use African-American and Latino social workers as volunteers who would be on call, if you will, or available. Now we're doing telemed and virtual telehealth stuff more often. Um, I also, stepping out a little bit, I want to, there is a professor named Dr. Thomas Miller who actually helped invent um, telemed uh, more than, um, I would say probably 30 years ago in Appalachia using television cameras to, to create a access for people in Appalachia who did not have access to the doctor um, in the larger city of Louisville, Kentucky. Now we're using it because of shelter in place. But telemed and telehealth clinicians could become available to African-American men who are dealing with violence that they feel violent. They want to go home and get their gun. They want to borrow someone's gun. They don't know what to do just because they're disrespected. This is, those are low cost health solutions. Hiring 1,200 additional officers is not a low cost health solution. Each one of those officers has a salary, a pension to be paid in, their own medical insurance, life insurance, the cost of the vehicles and the uniforms, that's all part of the financial cost of hiring hiring 1,200 officers. So I am advocating for something different. And yes, these mayors feel under siege. And yes, it's politically correct for them to deal with the police force because they are in charge of municipal police forces. But um, this is not a solution that I would be advocating as a uh, radio personality and a trained epidemiologist. Reading again, uh, Brown's comment from Chicago, our end game is arrest for the procure, the per the precursors to violence. In the article, they're not mentioning Dr. Slutskin's group. They are trained to interrupt the violence. We have seen before where there have been programs where the police um, are allowed to believe that they can arrest people who they believe are suspicious. And this creates more distrust with the police. So I am critiquing the procedures in the article mentioned and the judgment of some of the public officials. Now, when Mayor Lightfoot says, 
seeing children being killed has caused her the greatest heartache. And she says, dear God and dear Chicago, we have to do better than what we're seeing. Well, I'm going to urge you as a um, leader of one of the most famous cities in America and a city that's under siege to seek solutions that have measurable outcome data. So uh, this leads us to um, we want to eliminate the notion that activists and community organizers only come out when there's a police shooting, says William Colloway. At the beginning of the show, I introduced you to ACT, Every Town for Gun Safety, and the suggestions that they had about voting, about calling people on the phone, working actively against the NRA lobbyists. So both uh, My Block, My Hood, My City, hashtag Hit the Hood, these are people who are looking to change public sentiment and public action. So when the mayor is distressed over the children, those children are, are unlikely victims. I want her to focus on the more likely victims. So the most likely victim of a gun violence act in America is an African-American male, depending on your which data you look at, roughly between ages 16 and 39. That's one uh, data point I'm going to throw out here. So the one-year-old and the 10-year-old were not the intended victims. When these shootings occur between African-American males, there is usually an intended victim. It doesn't mean other people are not shot in by by the um, stray bullets. It doesn't mean other people are not shot unintentionally because when people shoot For the first time, they may not have the best aim. But when you look at a public health solution and where you're going to put your money, you have to put your money where the people who have encouraged, I should say, entailed the most resources and the people for whom the victimology can be predicted. We can predict that African-American males between those ages of being a late teen to the late 30s, that they are more likely than anyone else to become a victim of a gunshot wound. And that gunshot wound, when it is fatal, causes these homicides. We have noticed in these statistics from coming out of Chicago that most of the victims actually do survive. But that reintroduces us to another, another term in public health, and that is morbidity and mortality. Those two terms, often lay people use them interchangeably, but you as a listener of Victims to Victorious know that morbidity means sickness. Mortality means death. So of the other people who survive the gunshot wounds, you've got to think about the cost they put on the medical system. Are they paralyzed? Are they missing a limb? Are they missing an organ? Did the bullet go through their kidney, but they survived? So now they become a kidney transplant awaitee. And with a felony conviction and not and no health insurance, the likelihood of your getting a kidney is very low. That's what the doctor is going to call treatment efficacy. If you um, have comorbidities and you're looking at, uh, the doctors often look at treatment efficacy and that, that particular statement, comorbidities, takes us back to who dies and who is more likely to die when they are infected with corona and print with present with the primary, secondary, and tertiary disease stages, people who already have comorbidities. And what are those? And most of the time that would be type 2 diabetes and high blood pressure or some other type of respiratory chronic illness like COPD or even very severe asthma. So 
the coalition that is mentioned in this article, and you can find this article at abc7chicago.com, they're hoping to curtail some of the violence this summer. Now, one of the things that they mentioned is a $50,000 grant to help any person block block or organization that wants to find creative solutions to curb violence. So we already know that public health solutions work. We already know that the cure violence people are very good at interrupting the violence, identifying people who might commit particularly retaliatory violence. Those solutions are already there. So when reading this article, I began to wonder what are some more creative solutions? And then I also began to wonder what will $50,000 really do? $50,000 will not pay the emergency room visit for someone who is suffering from gunshot wounds who does not have insurance. So the goal though is to fund up to $5,000 per request and assist in providing resources for hashtag hit the hood. And if you're on Twitter listening, I want you to follow hashtag hit the hood and me uh, on victims to victorious that would be on air angel. And you can click on the link I have to the black talk radio network and uh, listen to other shows. And you can of course follow the black talk radio network on Twitter. So $5,000 is not enough to solve the problem, but it is certainly enough to start thinking about creative solutions and the creative solutions need not be expensive. That's one of the things I'm saying and act every town for gun safety. One of the things they want is an increase in the type of safety measures and access to guns, but this cannot be done without legislation. So writing your legislator is another way to act. I will, I'm going to follow Uh, what happens with these $5,000 grants within the city of Chicago. And hopefully uh, by the time we get to Chicago on August 9th to tape, we can find out has this had any impact or is it just like taking a cup of water out of the ocean? But my same advisor who said, uh, who listened to me say that said, what if a million people took a cup of water out of the ocean. And again, he, uh, Dr. Thomas Miller needs his credit for helping to develop the platform now called telehealth and telemed. And I'm suggesting that that be used to make contact with African-American men who are processing or having homicidal ideation. That would be the clinical word. So relating to the 10 year old girl who was shot, Ms. Nunez, if the people in our community come out and show support and be the voice, I think we can change this, says Angie Gonzalez Rodriguez. The shooting happened just after one-year-old Sincere Gaston was shot and killed while riding home from the laundromat with his mother in the Inglewood neighborhood. And we're talking again about Chicago and the solutions to gun violence and how all of this is transpiring during a pandemic. Sincere deserved to live his life and grow up in a in the Inglewood, which I know and love, said Alderman Stephanie Coleman, 16th Ward. Sincere could have been the owner of the laundromat. Sincere could have been the principal of Nicholson School or Langford Academy. Sincere could have been the next alderman. Investigators released images Monday of a gray infinity sedan with temporary tags seen near the child's fatal shooting. And you can see that on ab7chicago.com type in shooting this weekend's gun violence and it should come up. 
It's a very clear picture of this gray infinity sedan late model. There's a growing reward for the arrest, the arrest and conviction of the boy's killer. The newly formed reward group, I'm telling Don't Shoot, is putting up 25000 This is a group of business owners that are pretty much fed up as it relates to the gun violence in our communities, says Early Walker, a philanthropist and business owner. I want to urge anybody that knows something, say something. This could be you said Tiffany Henyard, a business owner. In Inglewood, an eight-year-old girl was injured in a shooting Saturday night. A stray bullet grazed her on her head while she was sitting on the couch in a home, she said. Think about that. Sitting on the couch in her home. This is our community, and we refuse to let crime take over the narrative of our community. And often, and I often say that I'm proud to be the daughter of Inglewood because good is in Inglewood and we're changing the narrative, Coleman said. Three-year-old Makai James was killed last Saturday after someone fired at his stepdad's car while they were riding home from a barbershop on the city's west side. A 23-year-old man was discovered unresponsive outside with gunshot wounds on the hip Sunday night Around 11.04 p.m., Chicago police said he was subsequently pronounced dead on the scene. The victim's vehicle crashed into two parked cars in the 4500 block of West Maypole Avenue, and his body was discovered in the 4500 block of West Fulton Avenue after he appears to have exited the car before collapsing. Further details about this incident are unknown as there are currently no witnesses that have been located. Area 4 detectives are investigating with no one in custody. A 38-year-old man was fatally shot Sunday morning in Little Village on the southwest side, Chicago police said. The man was walking in an alley around the 2500 block of St. Troy, and just before 8.30 a.m., when an SUV approached the alley, an unknown suspect exited the vehicle, fired multiple shots at the victim, according to the police. The suspect then fled the scene in the SUV in an unknown direction. The man suffered multiple gunshot wounds and was pronounced dead at the scene. Area 4 detectives are investigating. An 18-year-old was shot and killed in South Chicago Sunday morning. Police reported to the 8300 block of South Muskegon where they attempted to render aid to the victim before he was transported to the University of Chicago. Police say the shooting occurred around occurred in the 1800 block of S South Escanaba just after 7:15 a.m. before the victim relocated to where police responded. He was pronounced dead at the hospital. Area 2 detectives are investigating. Here's another story. A 19-year-old man was shot and killed in the Rogers Park neighborhood on the north side. According to police, just before 7 a.m., the victim was walking in the 1400 block of West Lunt Avenue when an unknown male offender approached him, fired one gunshot to the back of the victim's head. The suspect then ran to a black SUV and fled westbound on Lunt Avenue towards Clark Street, police said. Chicago Fire Department ambulance transported to the victim to St. Francis Hospital, where he was pronounced dead. The Cook County Medical Examiner's Office had not released any further detail 
about the death. So I want to unpack this article a little bit also. As you can see, the age range that I'm mentioning is highly represented in the article. The outlier is the eight-year-old girl who was injured while shooting. Now, in the world of academia and the world of research, outlier means that it is um, not directly connected to the pattern. But certainly, um, it is connected to the pattern because we're talking about the general pattern of gun violence and the morbidity and mortality of unintended victims. So we have a 23-year-old in this segment, an eight-year-old in this segment, a 38-year-old and 18. Uh, and I'm going to read a couple of more. If you just tuned in, we are broadcasting from the Black Talk Radio Network. You can see me live. Uh, you can see uh, my face and my picture uh, thanks to the video feed. I do answer my direct messages. Follow me on, on, on Twitter, on Air Angel. And we gave out one hashtag from the article because we're talking about uh, people who are advocating and they're advocates and they're trying to scrunch down these numbers. So follow, uh, hit the hood on Twitter. If you're unfamiliar with hood, I'm sorry, if you're unfamiliar with Twitter, uh, hashtag hit the hood, follow me on air angel, and you can connect with people who are actively trying to reduce these numbers. So this article can be found on AB7, ABC7 Chicago. And I'm going to do a little bit more about some of the other children and young adults who were shot. And I'm going to mention some of the trauma centers. So Chicago has so many gunshot wound victims that people have a variety of hospitals that they're taken to. But keep that in mind of COVID-19. If the emergency rooms are filling up with gunshot wound victims, what is happening to people who've appeared in the emergency room presenting with the tertiary disease symptoms of difficulty breathing? What is going on with that? Certainly, we have heard Mayor Lightfoot from Chicago make a plea to people to stop shooting each other so that the emergency room resources can be used for COVID-19 victims, but her plea has proven to be ineffective. A man, 37, was shot while sitting in his parked car around 12.08 p.m. Saturday near 80th and Exchange when someone approached him and fired shots, striking the victim. He was transported to the South Shore Hospital in stable condition, according to police. Of course, we mentioned the University of Chicago Hospital. And this segment of the article, we're going to hear about other hospitals uh, that take on trauma victims. A 17-year-old boy died at Christ Hospital after he was shot around 11.25 a.m. on Saturday. Police said the teen was in a large crowd of people in the 1100 block of North Monticello in Humboldt Park, where he got into an altercation and someone from the group fired a gun, striking him in the chest. Area 4 detectives are investigating. An hour earlier, a man 25 was killed in an apparent drive-by shooting in the 1300 block of South Springfield in North Lawndale. Police are searching for a silver-colored vehicle in that shooting. A man 20 was shot in the chest and arm around 9.53 a.m. Saturday in the 4400 block of West 28th Street in Little Village. He was taken to Mount Sinai Hospital in fair condition. After about a half an hour later, 
two men were wounded in a shooting 9:24 a.m. on the 34 I'm sorry the 3100 block of West Florney again if I'm not pr- pronouncing this right let me know Flornoy in the city's Lawndale neighborhood police say that the 48 year old and the 39 year old were standing outside a home when someone walked up to them and fired shots. The offender left in an unknown vehicle. So this particular article does have um, uh, this little segment of the article. It's very long. Um, has a couple of the um, outliers. A 48-year-old is an outlier in terms of who normally is victimized by gun violence. Uh, but the 17-year-old, sadly, is included in the normal span of the statistics. I'm going to read a couple of more, and then I'm going to return to um, some things going on with the corona and Chicago and remind you, the listener and the viewer, of what we do on Victims to Victorious. So um, a man 25 drove himself to Mount Sinai Hospital after suffering gunshot wounds to the neck and face. He is currently in critical condition. The circumstances surrounding the shooting are not known because the victim is unable to speak. A man fled after shooting a 50-year-old in the hand around 4.50 a.m. Saturday in the 800 block of East 81st Street, police said. The two men are friends and had been arguing. A rideshare driver, 46, suffered a graze wound to the back while dropping off a customer in the 2200 block of West 21st Place in the heart of Chicago neighborhood at 1.33 a.m. Saturday morning, according to police, the gunman was standing on the corner with the group. The driver did not appear to be the target. And I'm going to expand on that a little bit. The driver is 46, and I've said he's outside of the normal age. He did not appear to be the target. Uh, A 50-year-old man that was shot in the article, notice the article says, and I quote, police said the two men are friends and had been arguing. Most African-American men, again, are shot by friends acquaintances, neighbors, and relatives. So this is all going on in the context of the coronavirus. And on August 9th, we will be broadcasting from Chicago, Illinois live using a video platform so that you can see us hopefully interact with others. Um, If social distancing constraints are in place, we still will be broadcasting, but maybe limited to the number of people who can attend within the actual frame, within the actual setting of the building, but not within the framework of the show. Like, in other words, what I'm saying to you is we will still be broadcasting live using a video platform, and we will be able to see and connect with one another about this uh, need for activism and this need for a cultural change of violence that is going on in Chicago. So within the state of Illinois, there are 144,000 confirmed cases of corona. Now, um, in this particular count, I actually don't know what the case-based definition is. Like, in other words, I don't know if all the people who are confirmed have had the antibody test. I don't know if all the people confirmed Um, have had difficulty breathing. That's called the case space definition. And we know from the beginning of the pandemic,
three, two, one. Thank you so much for tuning in to Victims to Victorious on the Black Talk Radio Network. One of the things we want to do uh, for the conclusion of the show is to just take a look at some of the other shows that I have done during the pandemic and some of them before that connect all these concepts together. The whole point of Victims to Victorious is to show you as the listener and viewer that the epidemic of gun violence should be treated like any other epidemic. There are preventions in place. They're very practical preventions. During COVID-19, we've been encouraged to wash our hands and thumbs and sing the happy birthday song so that you wash your hands for 20 seconds. Many stores in the United States of America do not allow entry anymore with some type of face covering. Those are very simple things. They've proven to be cost-effective. What makes it cost-effective? It keeps you from getting sick or dying. Dying is expensive in the hospital. Gunshot wounds are expensive. Many of the young men who are victimized don't have the proper health insurance. Come One particular case that comes to mind, 50 Cent, the rapper shows himself, he got shot nine times, didn't have health insurance. And when he became famous, the doctor who operated on him presented him with the bill. Gunshot wounds are expensive because they leave people traumatized. So put the layering of gunshots and untimely deaths within the context of an epidemic and Chicago is going to hell in a handbasket quickly. And we want to stop that. Uh, We want to stop that and come out on August 9th to the Chicago's to Chicago's Black Fire Brigade. I'll give out more information later. Follow me on Twitter on Air Angel because we're going to have an honest dialogue with people who are interested in applying the public health measures, people who have actually applied them and gotten a result. That would be Dr. Slutkin's team at Cure Violence and people who are helping uh, young African American males and young black and brown people in general fight the way that they are um, overrepresented within the correctional system. All those are things that we can discuss. We will be discussing um, in August in Chicago. So for now, I just want to remind you of some of the shows. You can get ready if you plan to come and participate. Some of the show topics that I've looked at. Chicago's Most Violent Weekend Outbreak was a show. United States versus World and Police Victims. Chicago is comorbid for gun violence in the pandemic. That's kind of the, the, the theme that will be the theme on August 9th. Uh, no books, no bullets. How safe are children with guns? One of the things we talked about earlier in the epidemic is the number of children who had to shelter in place. Now they are exposed to guns that are either not locked, uh, don't have a smart trigger, are easily accessible, like underneath the bed, some we have all heard stories of adults who have been known to hide guns in children's cribs. Empty shelves, no guns, no toilet papers. In the Illinois area and particularly near Chicago, gun sales have gone up 500%. So, so those are some of the topics we have addressed during the pandemic. So I just want to um, review for you that we are victims to victorious. That's the title of today's show. 
And since last July, we have been taking a look at the public health solutions that are available to stop gun violence and to reduce the number of people who are killed or injured. The um, Chicago public, uh, the public release of information that I read during the beginning of the show said Chicago's goal was to have 300 homicides a year. I think that that is a, a, a pathetic goal because you're asking that only one less than one person gets shot. And I believe those numbers can be scrunched down way more with the correct public health solutions. We discussed early in the show that the powers that be in Chicago decided that hiring 1,200 more policemen would somehow stop this violence. And of course, the protest violence is based on the acts of errant policemen who are, however, sanctioned by their union officer, and the history of uh, violent policing against subjugated populations, especially black and brown ones. So that's all I have to say for today's show. If you are following me on Twitter, my name is On Air Angel. If you're looking for other archive shows from Victim to Victorious or on the Black Talk Radio Network, go to the Black Talk Radio Network and look for the show. And while you're there, click on the button that says Donate. This is the um, first show of July, the last show of June. We will return on the last uh, Monday in July, which I believe is July 27th. So I'm taking a hiatus and I'll see you at the end of the month. Thanks for supporting me, Angel Fall, and the Black Talk Radio Network. <laughs>